Welcome to Rafa. I'm Lee West. I'm Senior Minister of Rafa Ministries World, Rafa International. And that uh, Rafa Ministries World is our website. If you go there, which I'm sure some of you uh, have found us there already, it's rafaministriesworld.net. And uh, I keep mentioning this because we have so many new listeners and maybe they haven't heard this before, so bear with me a moment. If you're one of our uh, old listeners and old-time listeners, <clears throat> excuse me, we appreciate you so much. But let me just share with the new ones that if you go to rafaministriesworld.net, uh, there you're going to find an awful lot of good stuff. It will help you become a better and deeper disciple for the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you don't know, if you just happen to be lingering here for a second and you haven't made that decision to accept the Lord, stick around for a while. i got some things to say to you. You won't understand a lot of them, but it'll maybe be some seed planted into you because we, our ministry basically is a discipleship ministry. Uh, but we cover the whole plethora of the, of the biblical word in one form or the other. So you'll pick up some things if you stick with us today. We're not going to be very long, but uh, thank you for stopping by. And uh, we, we, at some time, uh, we are warning the people, such as today. I think a lot of the uh, word I have for you today is a warning word. But we also like to uh, to give people peace and comfort. That that I'd much rather do that than the uh, than the warning. But the thing about it is that, uh, let me preface it this way. <clears throat> from my office and from our balcony uh, at our house, in the distance I can see the commuters going to work. And many times uh, my mind will drift to they've never considered that this is not just another day. They're not going to go to work, do their thing, come back, have their dinner, and do whatever they do in the evening and just wait for the weekend when they can have their pleasure time. Unless, of course, they work shift work, and that problem, because I, I know I've been there, seen it, and done it, the old saying. But they drive by, and I, <clears throat> I can imagine their minds are a thousand places, and they're never, they never, most of them, maybe a very, very small percentile. Even the Christians are ignorant to this. Uh, the younger Christians, those under 40, uh, probably have never heard some of the things you're going to hear from this ministry. And you, some of the things you will find there in Rafa Ministries World uh, website will be a, a, an open door for you to lo more learning. But as I watch these people go by, and I'm, I'm thinking they, they, they don't understand... <clears throat> That uh, if you look at history past and what little glimpse we have of, of the coming history, that things every day, every moment of every day are changing. They're in flux. They are moving. And it was not, this is not the day as it was yesterday. <clears throat> Might seem like that. But your life is not going to be exactly the same. And you're going to be 24 hours older this morning. I'm thinking they will be than they were yesterday. And they never dwell upon the fact that so many things are coming to an end. And I teach that when we look at world current events, we can see those of us who have some spiritual understanding. And that's one of the things I want to do, teach you today or just 
plant the seed for is that this epoch of time is coming to a close. They, they've done it in the past. The time of uh, Adam and Eve came and went. The time of all the patriarchs came and went, all the opposed in history, spiritual and not spiritual. They, their time came and went. And we have loved ones. They came. We experienced a family relationship. And then suddenly they were gone and there was a void in our life. And now many of them, uh, such as myself, we're getting up in years and we have to face some facts that things are closing. We're not going to live forever. It's appointed man wants to die. And after death, there's a judgment about. So people understand to a degree about this because it's innate. It's grain within their soul that they have to deal with righteousness, sin, and judgment. That's what the Bible says. That's in every heart. A lot of people can't face that. And every moment of every day, there are people dying, lost, and the, there's there's no second chance. A lot of, lot of uh, religious teach uh, reincarnation. Uh, they teach you you're going to have a second chance. Like, no, the way you die, one second you're in this world, and less than a second, because the time is indivisible, then you're in hell or you're in heaven. That There's only two choices. You better make that sure. So I've got some contributions along this uh, way today. It's going to be some warning, and somewhere along the line, maybe it'll be a comfort to you. Certainly will be to the Christians because they don't fear death such as the uh, unsaved do. But if you look in the workplace, as you go through the workplace, you're going to see different personalities. And thinking upon this, God gave a minister 2,500 years ago a word about this very thing. And I took his word, that is, he was a young minister named Timothy, and God gave him some stuff. He sat underneath the Apostle Paul for tutorage, so he had a real good teacher. But then he went on his own, and God gave him some words. And uh, as I'm going to take those down, I'm not going to give you the, uh, what I love is the 16 King James, Old King James Version. A lot of people don't like that, but I treasure it because I love the, the, the prose and the, uh, and the poetry of it. There's, there's other good ones out there, but I just love that one because it, it, we speak, it, uh, it translates word for word. Now there's some English, uh, 16th entry, uh, century English in there. Yes, but that's okay. But what I did, I took some of the word that uh, that the Holy Spirit gave to Timothy, and uh, and that was in the that was given in the Greek, and I have taken that back into the first century Hebrew and, and given it uh, some more deeper meaning. So listen to this. I'm gonna I'm gonna quote some of the type of personalities that I'm sure you see every day, and maybe when you uh, go when I go through some of these from now on, you're gonna recognize them. You're gonna see people who are in love with themselves. That's one of the things that God gave Timothy. You're going to meet people who are in love with themselves. Egotistical, yes. Love with themselves. Think that the world can't wait for them to get up and get out among them. Can't wait for, for them to see what they're going to wear and what they're going to say and how they're going to look and, and their verbalness. Uh, yeah, people who are in love with themselves. We see those 
all the time and even more prevalent now than I think we have ever seen. All, all this that I'm speaking is true. It's been true since it was spoken in the first century and translated uh, uh, maybe a, a hundred years later. <clears throat> but it's just, it was valid then to those first century people as, as it is to all the centuries between then and now. It speaks the same thing. It just has some different applications from the first century to now in the 21st century. But they, they saw people all throughout the whole plethora of those transitional years up to right now. And we see people who are in love with themselves. They pray themselves they they delight in how they look and and the uh, fact is we, we were with a, uh, some people not long ago and uh, one of them had done so much to try to alter their fact their, their uh, appearance and not get old appear old that uh, it, it wasn't working for them <clears throat> so people do everything they can to, to, to try to preen themselves and, and to continue looking good. They're in love with themselves and they think that's going to go on forever. Then you have the people that you're going to meet every day who are just money lovers. They love money. I had to tell someone not long ago that my personal uh, relationship with money is, and I, I've never been captured by money. I, I've there was a time when I didn't have a great amount of it, and I don't have a great amount now, but God, I have all the money I'll ever need, and if I need more, then God will give it to me. That's, that's how secure I am in the Lord. But you just got to see people every day who are money lovers. They crave it. They just, they just live to make more money, and they advance themselves to make more money. And I made myself a promise that years ago that I would never take any job just for the love of the money. Now, I violated my own oath not too, not too long before I, I left that environment and moved into the, the spiritual uh, ministry environment. I, I went from one place to the next, a place I had been before, and when I went, I got a, a, an increase in position and I got an increase in salary. And I quickly found out that I had chased the money and it had bitten me. So I quickly realized that and I got back to where I started from and I found peace again until I left that environment. So there are people who live to love money and love it. In fact, is you don't have to go very far especially there are people who live uh, have a lot of money and their fear is that they won't have it. There are people who don't have much money and their fear is they won't have it. So there are a few of us in the middle who are perfectly satisfied. And my statement to somebody was that uh, money to me is only a tool. Money is a tool. And I, yeah, I would suggest you think about that. If you uh, adopt that philosophy into your life, it will take a lot of the sting of the world away. Yeah, there are people who live and some who die just for the love of money. They do all kind of heinous things for the love of money. There are people who wander from place to place. Now, remember, I'm giving you the Hebrew of what was in the Greek. There are people who are wandering from place to place like nomads like meanderers, like roamers, wander from place to place, never find stability, never find a place to settle down. Their mind is always on the move. 
and they, they take their, their body where their mind is. When they get there, they find that it wasn't what they thought it would be. So they're always wandering from place to place, either mentally or physically. Fact is, it used to be that people changed jobs and moved every five years. Now, I, I, I surmise by what I see in the marketplace that people change jobs probably ever six months to a year anymore because there's no stability such as there was at one time. You, you can't find places who have a retirement plan except in very, very few. There are people who are migrants and they migrate from place to place and we're seeing that now such as it never has been before. Again, this is true when it was written it's been true through the ages, and it's true today, and it's going to get worse. People who just meander around. Then you're going to meet some arrogant people. Arrogant. They can't be placated. No matter what you do and how you try to get along with them, their personality comes through their arrogant, and their ego gets in the way. I know I had to point that out to a young lady who was waiting me in a uh, waiting uh, she didn't wait on me. She, she was supposed to be helping me, but her attitude got into the way, and, and I'm just not going to be treated that way when, when I go to, into, uh, to a place of business. I, I give people respect. I demand respect from people, and I'm not going to put up with an attitude. So uh, the day before, uh, two, two days before, rather, I had been in. She had an attitude, and I pointed it out to her then, and I went back the, to two days later, <clears throat> and... Uh, I got the same young lady, and she had the. I could see that attitude coming, and and I called her on at that time. In fact, it was the first time I told her. I said, "You're a very, you're a very attractive, pretty young woman." I said, "Don't let." I told her. I said, "Don't let your your uh, ego and your and your bad temper." I, that's not the word I used. I'm I'm thinking now what the word I used was your your personality, your uh, bad personality, get in your way. <clears throat> So, no, there are people who, who uh, that you just can't placate them. No matter how much you try, you can't do anything to get on their good side and have them treat you as, with courtesy and respect. There are people who are scurrilous. Just simply means that they're vulgar or abusive in words and to other people and their phrasing. They can't get along with anybody. They have a dirty mouth, and sadly enough, the women are just about as bad, if not worse, some places than the men. Yeah, the scurrilous uh, personalities, every, when they open their mouth, filth comes out of it. Vulgarity comes out of it. It's just the way of their speaking, and they trust, try to justify it, and they don't, they, they don't pick and choose. They, they used, there was a time when nobody was, no, no man would say to anything like that in the presence of a lady or a woman, because we considered all women ladies at that time. But today, vulgarity is the order of the day. Just like tattoos. I didn't mean to say this, but tattoos, they're the order of the day. I see very attractive women, and they're loaded down with tattoos. Personally, in my younger days, when I was dating as a young man, I had criteria that I demanded from a woman. I would not meet a woman who had certain uh, anti-characteristics that I didn't like. I finally found the perfect woman for me, and, and it, it was a, 
attraction at first sight, so to say, they say. But no, there are people who every word out of their mouth is vulgar and abusive to people. They, uh, they, they, they find a lot of their pleasure when somebody else gets hurt. And no matter what they do, what you see somebody do, they're never a complimentary about anything. They have to say something that demeans people and puts them down. Now, they don't know it, but they're just trying to soothe their own inner self, which is in turmoil. That's what they, that's what the problem with, with that, that they're having. And there are people you're going to see uh, in the marketplace as you go about it in your workplace, maybe, maybe in your own family. All of these things are true. You're going to see people who are unthankful. No matter how much they got, they want more. They're not thankful for what they have. That's one of the things that God delights in is when his people, when he gives them something, and he's a gracious God, he's a giving God, but he wants people to be thankful for him. Back to this, he says, enter to his gates with thanksgiving, into his courts with praise. That's what the Holy Spirit wrote through the psalmist. I believe that's a psalm of David, I believe. Enter his gates with thanksgiving into his courts with praise. That's the way you get into the into the presence of God. Dude, you did then in the old covenant. You, that's the way you get into it now. There are people you'll hear them talk, or you maybe you know some of them in your own pedigree and in your own family. They have no affections toward their kin, and this this is so prevalent today. As soon as kids can get away on their own, they're, they're ungrateful for the, the sacrifice that their parents made to get them on their own, and they never look back. They never go back to take care of their older parents when they're in trouble. They just let them fend for themselves. They, they have no uh, affection toward their kin. And there's a serious, serious character flaw in a person who is like that. Even animals take care of their own. But today, as never before, people don't want to be bothered with their parents. Terrible. It's despicable. As a matter of fact, it comes to my mind that when they stand before God, he's going to hold them accountable for the way they treated their parents. That's tough. That Maybe that's one of the things you tuned in for today, was to hear that. Maybe you haven't contacted your parents lately. Maybe your parents are gone now. They're dead and you can't go back. Well, you can find peace from that. That's not, that's not a sentence of forever that you're going to have to anguish with that. There is forgiveness and there's, there's a healing for that, but you're going to have to go to the Lord Jesus Christ and, and God the Holy Spirit to get that. There are people that you're going to run across that are just savage. They're just mean and savage. They, they take great pleasure in inflicting, uh, harm on people, either verbally or physically they're they're savage in their mind and it has what's in the mind has to come out sooner or later their savagery catches up with them and they end up in prison or somebody else uh takes them to task verbally or physically for that or they end up in jail for their savagery because there are boundaries that no matter how much you like it, you have to live within a certain boundaries of society. It's getting pretty loose. I admit that, but there's still uh, boundaries there and savages at some point. I, in fact, as I was watching a video not long ago and there was a person 
who made an innocent statement to a person, and they they they, they immediately, immediately went on the uh, total insane savagery rebuttal, uh, ready to, to to fight. All well, it would have have fought should it have been possible, but they were restrained. But they 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 spent they could have just walked away from it, but they spent a, almost a better part of an hour on the fringe of the of the uh, of the occasion just having sad, savage comments and and tantrums over there what a way what a way to live and if you if you dwell on that personality you're going to find it heinous yeah don't let any of these things fester if if any of these witnesses to your spirit and soul address those things we have New Year's resolutions, which only last to about uh, the first couple of hours on January the 1st of every year. But some people take it to heart. But listening to this today, I'm pointing out some things that will, will make a major contribution to you being a valued person. If you will hear some of this, listen to it two or three times. Get your children in to listen to it. Bring your friends in. Do a little Bible study and play this for this podcast for them. because. Uh, unless you're in a certain kind of a church anymore, you're not going to hear anything like this. You're going to hear Pablum sermons. You're going to hear, you okay? Everybody's okay. There's going to be another way. Nobody's going to have any problem. Everything's going to be just right. Well, it's not. Things are closing in. So uh, there are savage people out there, and uh, there are people who are hostile to those who are virtuous and good. Do you get that? There are people people who cannot stand to be in the presence of either short time or long term for those people that they perceive as being quality type people. Good, we we would use the term good people, but there's there really uh, there's none good except the Bible says there's none good except God. So we're, the word good there would have some connotations that we could understand. Man gave it the quality of good. To God, it doesn't mean good. It has a whole different meaning in the heart of God. But to us, he gave, let us choose the word good just to define what we perceive as good. But it just, good just means you do things right way. You respect people. You do things well. You do the best of your ability. You treat people right with respect and, and, and ob- uh, meet your obligations. But there are people who are hostile to that. They, they don't want to be around people who who do right and won't tolerate the, their mouth and won't tolerate their verbiage. And so they can't be around those kind of people. So these, these are just personality things that the Holy Spirit, I think, just asked me just to share today. And if these are, are applicable to you, wonderful. Make, uh, address that in your life. As I said, listen to it a couple of times. Go back and re-listen to it. Play it for your family. And if, if these things are applicable to you, address those. You're not going to do it in when you get any younger. You got you need to address some of these things if they're a factor in your life. Otherwise, if you don't, you're going to pay the penalty for whatever it is you don't address. It's gonna it's gonna wear you down mentally and physically. Okay, yeah, that's just gonna happen. It will. You see, the world's population is becoming more and more alike. We can see that what used to be individualistic is now becoming a group. And what was a group now is becoming the way of life into a certain segment. 
and all around the world, people are becoming more and more alike. And if time goes on, what started as the same color, uh, three basic colors originally, because of people travel, intermarriage. If you see a person uh, who who is of the, of the uh, of the Negro uh, lineage, we call them black. And every now and then you see a person who has absolutely no trace of anything but their own uh, pedigree blood, and they they are almost solid black. And you see other people who were like albinos. I think that's ab- uh, abnormal. But you see people who tend to be on the uh, on the pink side. In fact, that's what Adam. The word for Adam is when you talk about Adam, just means uh, a perk person, a pink person. So yeah, and now what it used to be all the 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 differences between the two, like like a, a a pinkish person and a totally black person or a ruddy type of person. And now we have so much intermarriages and so much mingling. The world, the world is getting smaller and smaller because of air travel and people driving back and forth. And people are now marrying inter, uh, uh, inter-race instead of intra-race as they did one time. And the when you do that, you, you if you look at someone, well, let's just, let me just take a, uh, say, <clears throat> A uh, a white person who who marries a a black person. Well, they're not going to have totally black children. They're going to have children with some type of a of a of a pigmentation to the lighter. And if, if we keep doing this around, if God would tarry, which He's not going to do, we would end up with just one given look. People would look alike, totally alike. There would be one color around the world. Now, don't get paranoid. It's never going to happen. We're still going to have the, the, the multitude of races for a long, long time. If time, given time, what they tried to do back in the Old Testament times, they tried to, to have one language and God had to confuse that to cause them to disperse. But if we keep on going, we have such an intermingling now. And in my city, they offer uh, to do business in in uh, Latin, in, not in Latin, but in uh, in, in another language uh, that you'll find in South America, Spanish. They offer that. In fact, as I, I call them on that, and I say, please don't don't offer anything but English, cause the people who come here to assimilate. You know, that, and that what I'm saying there, it, it, it's just people who come here with a different language and learn the English language. If they if they speak it more than they do their language, then they're going to lose theirs because what you don't use, you lose. But I think that's why we have so many little Italy's and little Greeks, the Greek cities and within the city. And we have people who love to believe the blacks, they, the black people, they used to love, they love to live together. The Spanish people love to live together. People who come here and they, they have those little Chinatowns and so forth. Yeah, given time, it'll, it'll be one language and it'll be one culture. That's, fact is that, that's what, uh, that's what we come to. And in fact is, we heard this term, I, I heard the term, this term back when, uh, Bush, Daddy Bush was president. George Bush Sr., I forget what number he is, uh, 
But anyway, I heard him say, but use the phrase one world order. I never heard that. And after he used that, I, I, I began seeing that there's a hidden agenda behind that. And there are people who are working toward that all the time. Things are changing constantly. And it's never going to happen the way that we think it is. But there are those who are attempting to bring this one world order into being. They're working fervently in the dark shadows. They've got deep pockets. And they're buying people. And their goal is to have a utopia. A utopia and I believe it's, it's because they want to be at the top of the heap. They would sell it that it would be like the old communist thing. Everybody's equal, one for all and all for one. Everybody has the same thing. You're supposed to be exactly like your neighbor. That's communism. But there are people who take that to a new, uh, a new perspective, and they're working at it. If you, look, if you look carefully, you can see it. You see, they have to, that things have to happen for that to happen. They have to dissolve cultures. They have to neutralize cultures. They are attempting to legislate God out of the mix. They don't want any, they don't want spirituality plus or minus. They, they'd, they'd be doing away with the, those who talk, believe reincarnation and just as, just as much as they would try to do away with uh, those who adhere to uh, Christianity. Fact is, the Muslim, they'd love to do that right now. That's their goal, is to do away with everything that's not Muslim, Islam. That, that's what they, they think that's, that they think that that's their purpose in being. From 500 A.D. with Muhammad, that was that was the goal, is to rule the world. Well, like the guy said, it ain't going to happen, friend. You're never going to happen. Islam will never happen. It'll, it'll take a lot of lives because it's built on the sword. That's what, that's what it's, it is. That's what, the, way, the way they get them. So things have to be addressed. These deep pocket peoples, they are buying leaders in, that are in power and they're doing that around the world, not just the United States. We're start, we started to see this in the United States a couple of decades ago. But they're buying leaders, not, not the payons. And they don't mess with them because they, they can control them just with so many other ways. If you work for a boss, you pretty much have to say what the, do what the boss says. And that there's a there's a, a, a truth to that, but there's also a limit to what we owe our boss. So, yeah, they're buying off these leaders. If you don't believe that, just look at the the White House. Look at the Democrat Party. They're they're the the ones who in in the lesser power, the Democrat Party. They're go, just going along because they have to do that. Or they can't. They can't get along with the, with the leaders. But the leaders, they they've been bought off in one form or the other. And a lot of places in the Republican Party, I can name you some names in the Republican Party that have been bought off. 
They don't, they don't understand why. They think it was just a good business to do that. The same thing the White House thinks it was good business. Although their sins are starting to catch up with them now. More and more we're finding out what the person that sits in the White House, the problems that they, they've been going, he and his family have been going through. That's more and more light is being shed upon them. They're trying to find holes to crawl into, but there's too much, there's too much evidence out there. <clears throat> the people with these dick pockets, they, they control the justice system. You don't think that? Look at those who sit in the justice system now, the FBI, the CIA, the, the, the DOJ, the IRS, all of them. Look at what they're doing, what, they, what they've come to in the last couple of decades. These people are buying. Now, here's where it gets very interesting, and most people aren't even aware of it. These people in deep pockets, they're using certain proxies to buy control of the food and water. They'll be telling you, fact is, they've got so much synthetic food now. I saw not too long ago that the birds won't even eat these kind of seeds. Birds, I haven't got enough sense and intuitively that they want pure seeds. I know of another, I heard of another farmer who planted the uh, the uh, true seeds, and our illustrious government came in and fined him ten thousand dollars for planting. Good seed. They wanted to plant synthetic seed. They, they, they want to control. They're buying the farmland. And the leaders of this country were stupid enough. Fact is, I heard a, a figure. I'm not too, how, too how, sure how quality it is. But I heard that over 50% of this country, something like 51% of this country is no longer owned by people of the United States. Americans. North Americans, Americans of the United States of America. These people with the deep pockets are enacting laws that will build pyramid-wise into a dictatorship. And if you don't believe it, you don't have much control over your life right now, friend. I tell you, only a true Christian can say, I will not do that. I will not play your game. You can do, you can try to do what you want to me. We are blessed in this country to have a constitution. Nobody else in, in the whole world has what we have in our constitution and in the Bill of Rights. And it's under attack right now. There are people who are trying to say it's outdated. We need to update it according to our standards, quote unquote. We'll tell you what, how we want it to, to work. And believe it or not, they're having great strides. They're making great strides to do away with it. And if they ever do, this country is gone. Fact is, it's just about gone right now. Most of the world is under authoritarian bondage. Let me say that again. If you, if you look at the map of the world, almost the whole world is under authoritarian bondage. 
I'm thinking of, of, the, of, of England. They're under a bondage of a king and a, a king or a queen. Now, true, their their king is right now king. He's just a figurehead, actually. Uh, but he lives pretty good as a as a and in history, you know, for fifteen hundred years, England has paid these people to do nothing except just look good and keep procreating uh, and and building their lineage and and loving to have a king and a queen. And they they're paying a great price for it. I I, know I was in in London one time, and the person in the cab was not too happy with the by paying the amount of money they have to pay. He he, he his pay went toward the letting the uh, queen at that time live in and her family live in luxury. The United States is systematically being dismantled our laws are getting worse and worse every day in every aspect of life you have very little liberty you can't go out of your house and walk one mile without breaking some laws if you get in your car you probably can't go a hundred yards without breaking some laws but yet the people who enforce the laws they'll give you a ticket for speeding but you they speed by you all the time they'll give you a, a you no u-turn ticket but they'll they'll uh, turn you turn all the time they'll give you a, a seatbelt ticket but they they, they they never they don't wear their seat belts because it's uncomfortable they don't have problem giving you a ticket, and then they go out and laugh about it. They don't have a trouble putting people in jail for no reason sometimes because of ignorance. And they did they get together when they've beaten up a person or, or use excessive force on somebody to to uh, arrest them and take them to a, a jail place someplace, which is which is like a, a hell on earth. It's like a a, the, a pit, but inside prisons and jails, the life is terrible. You have people raping people, men raping men, women uh, undergoing all types of degradation, being being ass assaulted. Yeah, and police at levels are in areas. They operate in areas of uh, ideas. They, they police based upon ideas, in most cases, not the laws. The average patrolman that you see in his car, he, he's really pretty ignorant of the laws that he's enforcing. Fact is, if he runs into a, a problem, they have to call for a sergeant or a lieutenant or some kind of supervisor. As a matter of fact, if you, if you run into one of these people and you, and you think are uh, going awry, just say, well, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to talk anymore, and I want a supervisor. And they're supposed to get it for you, but many times their ego won't, won't let them do it because the supervisors put up with it. They tolerate it, and they, they won't uh, correct these things because it makes a lot, of, a lot of money for the city and for the towns 
and for the nation for that matter. So, no, if you, you try to be just, they're not gonna they're not gonna tolerate that. You're gonna you're gonna be submit they want you to submit to whoever wears a badge or, or has certain a position because they're gonna back it up with a gun. And the country, if you try to do certain things, they will back it up with the with the greatest law enforcement agency there is, and, and that's the military. And they'll use it. You see, it, it, those, <clears throat> those of us who are astute, and some of you listening, I'm sure you are, you, you, you're, you're nodding your head. Yes, I, I know what you're talking about. But I, I pray that some of you who started out with us are still there. And like I, as I said, please go back and listen to this a number of times yourself. Bring your loved ones in and listen to it because we started seeing this. I can, I can name the day it happened. It was the day they inaugurated Barack Obama. He was elected for the wrong reason. But he told us what he was going to do. He said, in just a few days, I'm going to start radically changing the United States of America. And people thought it meant he's going to do some wonderful things in the, in the welfare market. So they voted for him. Or they voted for him because he was semi-black. Wasn't a black person. He's got a lot of white blood in him. Fact is, his history is not too attractive, and there's a lot of questions about it. But he started this this escalating of it. He didn't bring it into being. I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying he, he it's it, the escalation started with him, and he don't he not today he doesn't even understand why. He didn't understand why, except it was self-aggrandizement that he did. But he made some decisions, looking back on them. So you, I guess you understand. I don't hold him in too high esteem. And then he was succeeded by Trump. He couldn't get anything done. They attacked him because he tried to do things right from the very time he he uh, offered himself for election. And when he was elected, they fought him every, every step of the way. He even had those in his own party that he put in place. They turned against him. And then we got uh, we got Biden, who's a puppet, and he's a puppet to those high high pocketed peoples. A puppet. That's what that's the word I used. He he doesn't think for himself. He doesn't make the decisions. He just they just as I, I think I used this so not too long ago. They wind him up in the morning when they get him up and get him fed. They wind him up, send him out. They dress him and they send him out. And he he reads the. Uh, a prompter as best he can he, but when you put him on his own he makes all kinds of mistakes and then they have to start cleaning it up and they're protecting him when he makes these gaffes he is being protected they have to come in and tell you what he really meant to say and why he chose the wrong word it was all it was all it was just a, a something else yeah, he's being protected. As a matter of fact, when he was evaluated by the special counsel not long ago about what he did with the uh, with the classified material, and he was the, the fact is the, the the committee who found him, I think it was Grassley, said, yeah, he he willfully retained those classified documents. He knew they were there. 
fact is, he 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 said they 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 have many pictures of him driving his his restored Corvette and back behind the car in the corner of his garage. There's a stack of what purported to be uh, classified documents. But you think he's going to hold him accountable? No. Fact is, if you're a private citizen and did that, you'd be in jail. Fact is, they wrote the uh, opinion, the uh, the one who wrote the opinion on when they investigated him. They said we found we found the evidence, you know, but uh, they neglected. They decided they weren't going to prosecute. They were not going to charge him. Because they concluded that there's in fact as they wrote the stab, I'm gonna quote I think I'm gonna quote it verbatim, but if I miss a word here and there, but I'm gonna give you almost verbatim. They said they concluded that at trial he would present himself as a well meaning elderly man with a poor memory. Let me say, let me say that again. Their conclusion to the investigation said that they concluded that they were not going to prosecute because at trial, when he, if they took him to trial, he would present himself as a well-meaning elderly man with a poor memory. Well, my thinking when I heard that uh, opinion, I thought, well, He's finished as a presidential candidate. He just shot himself in the foot. And when you couple that with the fact that he, he, he walks like a zombie, he doesn't know where he is. He can't, he can't find his way off of a stage. He can't make a few sentences without, without losing his train of thought. As a matter of fact, I, I heard of a, of a uh, and I'm, I'm going to bring this to a close. 86% of Americans, I assume it was voters, think Biden is too old. And he's 81. They think he's too old for a second term. Well, by observation, I think he's too old for a second term. He's not qualified. Now, I know people who are around 80. They're sharp as a tack. I'm in that area, and uh, I believe that I have pretty good command of my faculties. The new, in addressing that, the 86%, the New York Times is reported to have said the question is not if Biden should step aside, the, the, it's how he, he would do it. Well, another person said who was writing for the, I, I saw, heard this, somebody else said this, the National Review, I think that's a magazine, uh, the person on that said, if it was, I'm paraphrasing now, said, if it was up to him, he said, I just stay, I just stay hidden. And Biden better do that if he, if they let him run, which I don't think they will. He, he'll probably do in 24 what he did in 20. He would, he never came out of the basement. And yet he wants to run based upon his history and the visual, what he, what he gives forth as you view him visually and listen to him. You see, the problem with Biden is he has sold his office 
to the highest bidder. And the, and the evidence is coming forth that he and his family have a lot to answer for. And one of the people that I think is the saddest of all is his wife, Jill. If she cares anything about this man, why would she ever subject him to the kind of life that he has to have unless there's a hidden agenda and a hidden desire to cause this man to face that type of a situations every moment of every day. That was the wake-up gong. So wake up, voters. If you're in the U.S., Possibly the U.S. has not sinned away its day of grace from Almighty God. He may just give us some more time, but wake up because this epoch is coming to a close.